You're listening to the Quince podcast. States and the center are fast headed for a clash over the union government's proposed amendments to the IS cadre rules. that would give them a greater control in the central deputation of IAS officers without requiring any consent from the states the proposal to amend rule 6 of the indian administrative service cadre rules of 1954 was sent to the states recently on 12th january by the department of personnel and training or dobt which is the controlling authority of IAS officers and the states have been given only 12 days to send in their comments about the proposal which means that 25th january is the deadline and expectedly the new proposals have riled up opposition rule states like west bengal kerala tamil nadu rajasthan maharashtra etc who all labeled these new rules to be quote unquote draconian and against the principle of federalism and as per reports at least six state governments have already written to the dopt opposing any such move which also by the way includes certain states governed by the bjp and nda allies but what do these proposed alterations to rule 6 entail exactly What could these changes lead to and why are the proposed amendments drawing so much flack? For this episode we spoke to Mr Arvind Mayram, IAS officer of the 1978 batch belonging to the Rajasthan cadre, who's also been the former finance secretary at the Ministry of Finance of the Government of India and retired IAS officer Jawhar Sirkar who's currently Rajya Sabha MP from the TMC. You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. I'm your host, Shorburi. Before we get into the proposed amendments, let's first look at how the process of IAS officers' deputations work currently. The rule book says, and I'm quoting a couple of lines here: "Quote: A cadre officer may, with the concurrence of the state governments concerned and the central government, be deputed for service under the central government or." another state government or under a company association or body of individuals whether incorporated or not which is wholly or substantially owned or controlled by the central government or by any other state government and since the union government also needs ais officials for various departments and ministries ideally they make an offer list every year for ias ips and indian forest service officers who are willing to go on central deputation following which they make a selection of officers from that very list and let's also hear from mr arvin mayram the details of this deputation process so the current process of deputation is that every state has got a particular strength uh, of ias officers in the cadre hmm. so let us say if it is 100 hmm. out of which 10 uh, would be what is known as central reserve which means that they get a certain percentage of officers which is more than the requirement of the stated requirement of the state hmm. and these are supposed to be the central reserves hmm. and the central government then draws upon officers from the state governments a two man the positions in the uh, central government mm-hmm. then the officers are expected to go back to the state uh, from where they have come for minimum period of 3 years before they can be considered for reappointment in the center mm-hmm. uh so but there is one catch in this which is that for the positions of joint secretary and above mm-hmm. 
government of india does its own screening which means that they get a list of officers who are willing for to go on deputation to the central government mm. or they just pick it up from the civil list that they have mm. and then they go through their records their past experiences mm. and decide which are the officers which are fit to be posted in the central government mm. this is called the process of empanelment Now, one interesting point that Mr. Mayra makes, which captures his sense of the service on policy making and their implementations, is that IAS officers build a bridge between the centre and the states, where they bring ground level experience from states to the centre and vice versa. Now, bridge part is this: what happens is that when government of India makes, for instance, a policy like MG Narega, yeah. Now, so government of India's programs or policies, etc., except in the case of macroeconomic parameters, which means that you have, you know, foreign exchange management and things of that kind. Mm. But all other policies are implemented in the states. After all, central government does not have a territory. Right. So the state governments implement those policies. <laughs> whether it is swachh bharat or if it is anything else hmm. in the state governments uh, to the state governments hmm. in the state so when you are formulating that policies the government of in, in government of india if they were to formulate these policies and this is the basic idea behind uh, where the problem of lateral entry also comes in hmm. except in certain key or technical positions right that you need to the people who are sitting in government of india and making policies must have a very uh, good understanding of the ground realities and because officers in government of india are drawn from all the states technically in india mm. therefore government of india has the benefit of getting people uh, for the experience of the ground realities from all over the country so that is that is how they create a bridge between the center and the states Hmm. Similarly, when they go back to the state, so when uh, when I come back to Rajasthan, mm-hmm. I'm bringing that experience with me, so I can bring that experience in the policy making in the state government yeah. to try and learn from others, and then try and improve what I am doing in the state. Now, the matter of central deputation has often been the subject of tussles between states and the centre, and of course, in the past, this process has been politicised occasionally as well by both states and the centre. If you remember, only in June 2021, just a couple of months after the West Bengal elections had concluded, there was a massive showdown between the Mamta Banerjee-ruled state government and the centre over the deputation of former IAS officer Alupan Bandhapadhyay under the centre services. Just before his last day in service, sometime around May 2021, the BJP-led government in the centre had issued orders for him to report to them, and Mr. Bandhapadhyay, who was then the chief secretary to the state. did not end up reporting to the center because chief minister mamta banerjee opposed it and then he was appointed as the chief adviser to the cm and that's one of the big changes that the center is hoping to make with these proposed amendments once approved what will happen is that the central government would get overriding powers to transfer ias and ips officers and it wouldn't need to seek the state's consultations on that so now let's take a look at the four amendments that have been proposed for rule 6 What are they and how are they different from the existing rules? Number one, 
It's been proposed that if the state government delays posting a state card officer to the centre, quote, the officer shall stand relief from cardo from the date as may be specified by the central government, end quote. This would mean a major change in the current rules because essentially this means that IS officers wouldn't need a no-objection certificate from the state anymore. Number two, the centre will decide the actual number of officers to be deputed to the central government in consultation with the state, while the latter will provide names of such officers. According to existing norms, states have to depute the IS and IPS officers to the central government offices and at any point of time, it cannot be more than 40% of the total card strength. Number three, in case of any disagreement between the centre and the state, the matter shall be decided by the central government and the state shall give effect to the decision of the centre, quote-unquote, within a specified time. And finally, number four is that in a specific situation where services of card officers are required by the central government in quote-unquote public interest, the state shall give effect to its decisions within a specified time. Now, evidently, these rules will be given the union government larger control over the deputation of IS officials. But why are these proposed amendments drawing flak? Why are the states so vehemently opposed to this? West Bengal Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee has called it quote-unquote draconian, Tamil Nadu Chief Minister M.K. Stalin has said that, quote, the proposed amendments would cause irreparable damage to the spirit of cooperative federalism that exists between the union and the states, end quote. And Kerala CM Pinaray Vijayan wrote that, quote, it definitely induces a fear of psychosis and an attitude of hesitancy among all India service officers to implement policies of a state government, end quote. But let's hear from Mr. Mairam and Mr. Sirkar what the concerns are with these proposed rules. Firstly, Mr. Myram points out that currently there's already a provision where in case of a disagreement, the matter shall be decided by the central government. The second criticism is that by taking away the element of consent from the states, Mr. Myram believes that the service becomes a centralised one instead of an all-India service, which is what it's meant to be. But what consultation means, and it also says that in case of a difference of opinion between the central government and the state government, hmm the will of the central government prevails. Okay. So already this is this is already there in the rules. Right. So the so then these rules you're saying don't need to be amended because there's already scope for the center to have exactly. It. All it says is what they said what the what we read in the newspapers is that the central government wishes to take away the consultation process. Hmm. Which means that it can, uh, uh, you know, it can issue a direction saying so and so is uh, appointed in Ministry of Rural Development, mm. and as the order reaches the state government, the officer will stand uh, relieved. Mm. State, central state government cannot say anything. Now, for instance, if an officer is here uh, looking after COVID mm. management, mm. and uh, he's doing a very good job, it's a critical job. The situation is very critical, mm. but. Like we have seen in the case of uh, state central government, if you are at odds with the state government mm. and you want to create a problem for the state government, you might simply post that officer in the central government. Mm. And the state government may be left high and dry. Right. right. So, uh, so similarly, uh, so what is happening, I'm not saying that there is not an issue because a lot of state governments also, like Ms. Jayalalita was very well-known for not allowing the state officers to go to centre. Hmm. So there, there are other problems also. It is not as if there is problem is only from the central government side. There is a problem in the state governments also. Correct. 
See, the moment the government of India decides that they can post state, I mean, state officials at will, mm. it will become like a central service. It is no longer an all India service. Mm. Now, if you've re- read my art, uh, my uh, you know article mm. in the Constitution itself, Dr. B. R. Ambedkar mentions this that the central government in the sense of when they are formulating I mean, they, are, they are constituting an all india service mm. are impinging upon the right of the state government to have their own administration mm. and therefore it requires the consent of the state government he, he writes there that it is consent and he says that because we have said two third majority in the rajya sabha can constitute not lok sabha mm. it is it is uh, implied that because the state rajya sabha is constituted of representatives who represent the state mps who represent the state right. therefore the state's will is implied in it that's mm-hmm. what he says which means that there is a consent element to it mr johar sarkar also has some stern views regarding these rules he's of the opinion that it's a political proposal instead of a genuine intention to solve the current problems of the shortage of ias officers he also points out that the number of ias officers opting for central services has dropped drastically in the past few years you see uh, both the center and the state realize that there is a shortage of officers so either you go in for an overdrive and recruit as many officers as you require in the near future you fill up promotion vacancies and make it what's like a surplus hmm. and then you can cut the pie hmm. but if the pie itself is small if the blanket is too small you cover your head the mosquitoes get to your feet you cover your feet the mosquitoes get to your face mr modi never released anyone from gujarat unless he was a totally useless guy so he knows the problem and he knows that the only intention behind this is not to fulfill the vacancies of the center that's a that's that small reason to force people to go to the center you see the number of people opt ias officers opting to go for the center has come down drastically in 2011 the central deputation number was 309 okay and 2021 when the overall number has gone up mm. it should have been closer to 400 or 370 mm. okay? okay it is 223 right. okay so that shows that people are not interested you see the government of india is a highly professional place i have spent half my senior working life there mm. half my senior working life as a secretary was in the state it's a, it's a complete difference it's a very professional little impersonal sort of a place where you are recognized for your own work you don't have to go around buttering people and things like that but mm. here if you make it a crawly place people don't want to come so that's the main reason because he's got not getting the numbers mm. in place of 309 10 years ago mm. it's come down to 223 whereas it should have shot up to something like 370 mm. So there's a vast people don't want to go and you he wants to force them now one of the big reasons for the drop in officers opting for central services mr mayram says is that there's no certainty around the tenure at the central level anymore see earlier uh, when uh, when i was serving for instance when i would apply for government of india it was very clear hmm. that the deputation is for 5 years hmm. 
Now, there could be exceptions. I mean, there were exceptions where people were shifted now and then, but it was only as an exception, not mm. as a rule. Mm. Today, there is no uh, certainty of tenure. So people are, I mean, even at director level, joint secretaries are routinely transferred, mm. as was in the state government, because the, one of the problems at the state government level was that they don't get, uh, you know, people are there for one year, six months, eight months, they are transferred out. Mm. And that is the reason why the governance is uh, becoming poorer and poorer, because officers don't have enough time to even settle down in their positions and they're transferred out. Mm. Now, this was not true in the central government. In the central government, you knew that for five years, you will be in one department or one ministry. But now it is not so. So a lot of officers from the state don't want to go to the government of India because they don't know where they will be shunted out, who will become unhappy with you, what would they do, trigger something. So central government postings are becoming more and more like the state government postings. Now, coming back to the point of the shortage of All India Services officers in union ministries, this proposal also comes on the wake of the centre's complaints that the states are not sparing a sufficient number of ICE officers for deputation, which is affecting the functioning of the central government. In the meantime, the states also have a severe shortage of ICE and IPS officers. For instance, a report on the New Indian Express says that in Kerala, only 52% of the allotted strength of IPS officers and 62% of the allotted strength of IS officers are available for service. But are these proposed amendments the ideal way to remedy that shortage? We'll hear from both our guests on what kind of alternate options could the government be looking at. Mr. Sirkar says that these rules only undermine the federal structure. The first thing he should have done, done take stock of the situation that's going on for 20-25 years and then come to a figure saying that, okay, we're going for this recruitment from next year. Mm. You can't go in for a huge recruitment in one year. You know why? Because those officers will be saddled without promotion at the end of their lives. So you have to stagger the intake over a period of six to seven years. Mm. Uh, you go up by 15% every year for the next six years and it will all get rectified. Mm. He could have done it in his eight years if he wanted. Mm. B, he should have made central service a little more attractive. Why should 223 officers be working in 2021 mm. against the target of, say, 370. Yeah. Why don't they want to come? Why don't they want to work with you? Mm. Not all states are very rosy, you know. They also have problems of uh, Dadagiri. They also have problems of difficult ministers and everything. Mm. But they say, okay, take it. we'll take this. So that's it. So there are multiple issues, as I told you. One is a shortage. The other is not willingness to come. Mm. Mm. During our time, people will be scrambling over each other's head to go to the center. See, mm. this is this, this, this can't be pulled through. Mm. If he does it, he has become a dictator. And we treat him as such. It can't be pulled through. He has destroyed the first institution of democratic principles. You know that. It'll take me too long to elaborate. Mm -hmm. He has destroyed the other pillar of plurality, pluralism. Okay? Mm -hmm. He has destroyed the third plurality of citizen space or human rights. Now he's going after federalism. Mr. Mayram also adds that both the states and the centre need to look at what kind of positions are IS officers not needed for ideally and free up those officers to fill the posts that actually require them. The ideal way to remedy these issues is for the for the 
center and the center and the states to form a committee or a commission to look at what are the kind of positions that the state government should now not be using the IAS officers for. Hmm. For instance, there is no reason for an IAS officers to be, officer to be director of horticulture right. or even director of agriculture. These can be these technical specialists. Hmm. But so we have a huge number of positions where IAS officers are being posted where they should not be posted. Hmm. You can continue to do whatever number of officers you can keep increasing, but if you use them for all and sundry purposes, they will become as good or bad as anybody else. The idea was to have uh, officers who would be superior administrative service because the numbers are lesser and they just do the key positions. Right. So I think we, both government of India and the state governments have to, you know, kind of sit down and start, you know, really saying whether an IS officer is required for a particular post or not. Mm-hmm. They should drastically cut down 25 to 30% of positions from the IS officers. Now, with a lot of states being up in arm against the proposed changes to Rule 6, will the centre still go ahead with its plans or will it reconsider them? If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.